Sandra and Noah. Hello and Happy New Year. Welcome back to the Theater World Podcast. My name's Noah Bender. And I'm Sandra Nemchek. And our guest this week is an actor and director who is also the artistic director of the Hillbarn Theater in Foster City. Please welcome Randy O'Hara. Hello. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me, Noah and Zan. Hi, Randy. Yeah, well, thanks for coming. Thanks. You know, um, Randy, it, it seems like you you came in like a tornado and then you, and now you're coming away from like a tornado. And yeah. you brought a storm along with you. Exactly. Yes, that was my plan. Nature follows me wherever I go. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I came in, yeah. Really quickly and, re and now you're leaving really quickly. Now I'm leaving just as quickly, yes. It's just like the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, we are. Well, Mary um, Poppins, maybe you go with the weather. Yeah, I guess Mary Poppins with an umbrella. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's been, it was, it was a quick decision. But yeah, we're, we're leaving, um, you know, leaving the area shortly. But thrilled for the time that we've had and happy to chat with everyone while I'm still here. Yeah, I mean, um, you, you started out like, at, I know at Hill Barn, you came as Quasi Quasimodo. Yep. Um, and, and you were introduced at, at Hunchback of Notre Dame. And then, um, you know, you just like kind of like took the Bay Area by storm and coming in all <laughs> over the place. Um, that's a hilarious way to describe it. I would say uh, there's like five people in the Bay Area who know I am. So who know who I am. So if that's a storm, <laughs> my God, let it rain. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I thought you were, everyone knows you now, or at least by now. I mean, maybe they might know who I am, but I'm like, I'm just me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely like, came in like Hunchback was like a, quick introduction. I had done a show at Berkeley Playhouse um, right before that and then got Hunchback. And then from there, I've just been like at Hillbarn. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I did some other shows in the area, but I really found like a nice little home there and just loved the community and everyone that was there. But yeah, came in hot, did Hunchback, was there and then started working with the conservatory. And then Erica stepped down and wanted to spend more time with family. So you know, interviewed and got the conservatory director and did that for about five seasons and then moved on up to artistic director when Dan left. And now I'm leaving. So we're we're currently looking for a new artistic director, if anyone's interested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you listen to this podcast. All of our listeners are power well, players in the theater industry. Oh, for sure. We got, we got Susan Stroman on here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sue Stroman, if you're listening, the job is open at Hillbrand. Please apply. <laughs> Want to take a little, little quieter yeah. time, you know? <laughs> So I I first came to hear of you as the uh, conservatory director at Hillbarn. That's the the leader of all the youth programs and teen programs. Uh, what was that like, kind of transitioning into that role and kind of molding it in your image, if you will? Yeah, I mean, um, it was fun. It was a uh, it was a great opportunity. I grew up um, working in theater um, all through college. I worked as like a educator and counselor during summers, and you know worked on summer programs. So when it came, when I got the offer to choreograph High School Musical at Hillbarn for the conservatory, I was like, well, of course, we're all in this together. Let's we're do it. We're all in this together. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, Everyone's favorite musical. Yeah. And then during that time, <laughs> Erica, um, Erica had made the decision to leave and thought that I might be a good fit for the job. So I went through a couple of interviews. And my main goal that whole time was just, um, I think it's so important with youth theater that we teach them what it's like to be in professional theater. Mm -hmm. um, so I really wanted to give, uh, to take the conservatory that was already really, really strong and just kind of ratchet it up a little bit um, with making sure that every show that we did and all of the all of the classes and everything was really geared towards a 
final product of a great performance. Like I wanted to make sure that the the sets, the costumes, the lights, everything was on par with what our main stage does. Because I think when you have youth, they people are always like, oh, it's youth theater. My God. It's like, you can do incredible things with youth theater. Oh, totally. So that is just as quality as a main stage, especially with the talented kids that are in this area. So like, it was a blessing. It was such a fun time. And we just really like, we started the teen company, which was a blast which was an audition-based company that was an entire year program that kind of is encapsulating like freshman year of college was the goal. Mm. And then it ended up a performance. Um, but it was a really, it was a really fun time. And I got to work with amazing people like Xandra. Um, I also got to work with like Addie Walters, who's the current conservatory director. It was a great opportunity. And I, I still work with a lot of those kids. <laughs> no, for sure. Because I, I can't stop. I really think it's such a fun thing working with youth. It's one of my favorite things and one of the things I'm most passionate about because they are so much more exciting <laughs> and <laughs> ready and willing to learn and try new things. And when you watch them connect and really like the steps and progress they make, it happens like leaps and bounds so much faster um, in a rehearsal process, like really watching them click in. Uh, one thing I noticed um, when since you've taken over is that you've kind of like uh, created a spot for for youth in in the main stage shows that they can kind of like level up into, you know, and that's <laughs> yeah. something that's really cool. Yeah, I really wanted to. When Dan was there too, um, one of our main goals was to kind of bridge the gap between conservatory and main stage and really take that as a feeder use the conservatory and our teen programs and our teen company to feed the main stage as well and give our students that were ready an opportunity to work with professionals and perform on that caliber so we always kind of tried to reserve a couple of spots in a season for a teen uh, to make sure that one of our conservatory kids could be showcased um and because then also I, yeah go ahead i i feel like you know young actors and especially uh, teenagers who are serious about theater have have kind of this kind of glimpse a picture of what they think you know professional acting is like and working working with professionals or in college but it doesn't really click until you're actually in the room with those professional actors and not just doing a little Q&A or, or a two-hour master class but getting the full experience of the rehearsals and raising your own bar to be yeah. around yeah it's it's like when they when we were doing spring awakening we brought in two adult actors because i, I was really adamant that I, we did not want kids playing the adult roles in spring awakening because talk about doing a show that you think yeah. you have the best time in no one would ever want to be the not any of the fun stuff you guys you stand there and you say things like more stiefel and then they all dance around you mm -hmm. so i was like let's bring in professional actors um to play those parts so we brought in adults and just watching the kids be like oh they showed up off book and we we're like yeah that's like what you do when you have limited time like we only have those adults for two rehearsals and then tech week but i was like but they're only here for these little scenes and i just remember all the kids being like they showed up off book without knowing they're blocking already mm -hmm. i was like yeah that's that's something that you should be working towards and then mm -hmm. when they get into a main stage just watching them truly understand like oh, this is how a rehearsal process works, that like we are supposed to bring in our own ideas and like play around. Because I feel like a lot of times with youth, they're waiting for us to give them the answer. As the mm -hmm. director, as a choreographer, they're used to being spoon fed. And I really like to challenge that to make them have to make choices themselves to bring in their own ideas, because that is what being an actor is. That's your job. You show up, you do your job, which is to bring a different perspective and then also collaborate with the director. But to remind them that it is their opportunity to have their opinion and their perspective seen a little bit more. 
yeah once you're able to rise to the challenge you realize that you have so much more artistic control over your own body and your own decisions than yeah. what might be just on the page exactly and like it's really interesting to watch them work with professionals and get to have that opportunity to see that it's not just you know they come in and they get told where to stand and what where to walk um which i think a lot of people think that's what acting is <laughs> like someone yeah. tells you where to go and they, the lines are already on the page and you just say it and walk around whereas i really like to get them to and with kids think about subtext like why do people say things why do we what is the reaction you're looking for think deeper than just what's on you know that line more educational than just like a robot yeah exactly like, <laughs> that's no fun <laughs> like that one time when we did uh broadway through the ages and it was um it was kids like let's say like six to ten year olds right and yes. and we had a a funeral for carol channing because she just passed away that time <laughs> that was <laughs> and i brought my puppet <laughs> was their finale yeah they <laughs> sang goodbye goodbye <laughs> i mean you'll find any excuse to resurrect her from the dead yes of your closet yeah, yeah i mean uh, she's out of the closet right now <laughs> but truly, <laughs> never you, haven't, there. you haven't lived <laughs> until you've seen eight children between six and ten holding little umbrellas and singing goodbye to a carol channing doll <laughs> and like patting her little tiny little painted red nail hands <laughs> pretending to cry over <laughs> carol channing who they have no idea who she is I mean, Zan, you you are single-handedly responsible for teaching a generation of Foster City kids who Carol Channing is. <laughs> Just like it's an interesting thing because they don't really know who Carol Channing is. They know what your representation of Carol Channing looks like. <laughs> yeah, they have no idea who Carol I Channing think actually she's is. Pretty similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. <laughs> But I like it, it's it's a totally different thing between your version and the actual actress from the sixties. Yeah. It's a disconnect. Yeah. It's slightly it's... different, but there's jam for everyone involved in every part of it. Absolutely. Less, but less never jam today. <laughs> but never jam today. Yeah, she's a little bit taller than my puppet. Yes. Yeah. Just a little bit. Oh. Nation <laughs> Rats. Randy, what was it like? Uh directing teenagers and uh, young kids during the during the COVID pandemic because that was a big transition for y'all yeah what a wild time <laughs> um, in 2020 like right when the pandemic hit we had just started to do auditions for Chicago because I know y'all uh, got creative with that yeah so we had to switch to we completely pivoted and did all of our rehearsals online which one that, yeah like zoom baby the one thing that i really love is teaching choreography on zoom <laughs> yep um honestly you can teach something so fast because no one can get distracted and everyone's just like focused on the screen so you're like wow we learned the entire opening in about 45 minutes sounds great um take the video and go work on it uh but we yeah we got really creative with how we had to do that so we did all of our rehearsals online choreography music acting scene work and just hoped to god or whoever you believe in uh, <laughs> that we would have an opportunity to get back into a space and be able to do it and then when covid there was that tiny miraculous window in like june of 2020 <laughs> where everyone was like are things getting better are we are things allowed to happen again can we Should be around we get, anyone we anymore all groups so during that time, there was a window of two weeks that we were like, all right, it's it's time, let's go. And we would rehearse the kids in groups of 10 
outside in the courtyard with masks on. We bought mats for them to dance on. <laughs> rehearsed our ensemble and then would do scene work with our leads. And we were like, okay, we're gonna lock ourselves in a theater. We're gonna test everyone for COVID and lock ourselves in a theater for two days and just film it like it's a movie musical. And we did that, <laughs> which was really cool, but we had to have all the kids record their voices. So they had to lip sync to themselves, Oy. which is amazing footage of them like doing full numbers. And then us being like, that was great. Choreography looked great. You have to lip sync though. Your mouth <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a totally different skill. Lip sync for your life. It was insane. It's like, we, we did this like crash course in basically making a movie musical, which was so fun. Cause we could do such like movie magic of like panning in on someone and zooming out and there's a yeah. different, you know, everyone's in a different costume. But um, it was two days of just filming the entire show. And then we're like, okay, bye guys. We'll edit it and we'll um, never see it. <laughs> like <laughs> So there's just a video of a Chicago that we've done that we have that the teen company has but has never been seen by the public oh my god uh, is that like a rights issue that you can't show it we just haven't shown it because during the time we weren't sure what we were going to do so yeah. we just have it it's one of those things that we're kind of saving as like a maybe we'll send this out as a gift but we yeah. did a wing party with the teen company yeah. on it, so they've all seen it it's great <laughs> and the thing i heard about it was a big slumber party right they all like everybody they, there was not a slumber party. We didn't oh, okay. stay over, but I think they all went to one house and stayed over. Oh, okay, I, I thought that everyone, I thought that everyone was locked into the Hillbarn Theater and just yeah, stayed with the ghosts nice and yeah, slept on the Absolutely slept in the seats in the dressing room in the hallways. Would, we did think about it, but I was like, I don't want to be responsible for all of the teenagers who have been locked in their homes and then get a night yeah, away. Yeah, I was like, no, no, you're going back to your own homes. Like, well, yeah, that makes sense. Really like, that would, you would not be able to sleep. No, I would just be walking around being like, everyone's sleeping still? No one's hiding anywhere in this theater? Because there's so many places to hide. Oh, yeah. for sure. <laughs> I mean, yes. The, like, whimsical <laughs> attic of Hillbarn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, during COVID, I feel like people got so inventive with ways of creating theater and ways of getting shows on their feet in ways that were... Um, it creative and risky and and funky and just things that we never want to have to do again yeah it was it was a nuts time like we i remember my big thing was i hated seeing and no offense to those who did this i love i love theater and i'm glad that everyone tried things and was you know getting as creative as could i hated watching grainy videos from the back of a house that was archival footage that um. had, was always filmed with no intention of anyone seeing it, but because no one could produce theater, they're like, well, what do we have in our archives that we can show people? Mm -hmm. I was like, there's a better bootleg of this somewhere online. Like I guarantee mm -hmm. you can go on YouTube and find a Broadway bootleg if that's find what you tutorials. Yeah, like find like, so it became like, how do we produce things that are of a quality content that people would want to see? That's not just grainy archival footage and I so that was the challenge of like what do we do so we did you know lots of video recording and um everyone got really good at audio recording we have a bunch of cast albums now yeah. from every show we did for a year yeah. yeah and not just wanting to do you know a full production on zoom yeah mm -hmm. and I loved like some of those were amazing I just like I'm not creative enough <laughs> to, to figure out how to create something that I would be like 
happy to watch. I'm not creative enough yeah, to do that. Totally. Yeah. That's not my skill set. Technology scares me. I'm not that girl. I think the, the Zoom productions are more for like the actors in yeah. their houses than for anyone to watch. Like we did we did a whole bunch. I think something Xander and I learned from doing 35 Zoom musicals was that is something that we embraced too, is that nobody wants to watch your Zoom musical. Like no, but they're on my resume. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> it's my entire resume. I'm like, I played the witch. Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, if somebody told me, hey, I'm doing Wicked on Zoom with no rehearsal, come watch, I'd be like, uh, what? Well, but if, if, well, if, if it was like, but if it was come somebody, it was, if they said, come beat, come sing in Wicked on Zoom with us, then I'd be like, oh, sure. True, but I don't know. If somebody said, I'm doing Wicked, no rehearsals on Zoom, I would be like, that I gotta see. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll send it to you. <laughs> we, we, we did it. We did it. But yeah, it's like, I, like, with things that, like, the theater was putting out, you know what I mean? I didn't want to, yeah. um, I, I wanted to make sure, Dan and I really wanted to make sure that we were doing something that was, you know, different, that we were, yeah. um, so that's why we did, like, that holiday concert that was a full, like, we would bring people in one at a time and film them for, like, a two-hour session, then aerosol the entire building <laughs> like, lysol everything and then bring in the next person and we did that over a week and did like a holiday concert but it was it and was we did their trivias too yeah oh my god i had to every learn so thursday hard. or whatever yeah <laughs> i was like every wednesday and you guys i i really am so bad with technology like truly it's a miracle that i can use a computer so when they were like we're gonna do a live show every wednesday on twitch i was like cool what's twitch <laughs> yeah how does it work and what do i have to do and they were so wonderful tassie alabastro uh was our screen like stream runner and he would be so great about being like all you have to do is just press the link that's all you have to do we'll send yeah, you need a producer for that kind of stuff i was like thank you thank you <laughs> like, <laughs> so thank god for him and uh sam ritchie because i would have never been able to do that yeah what i what i what i find so inspiring about just the 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 theater industry at large is that when COVID hit, I mean, I think theater in general took it as seriously as po as the as possible, um, being super risk averse, super you know, um, you know, not get, not getting people together, in, enforcing the masks, enforcing the testing, enforcing the distancing, et cetera, et cetera. But we're also so much more urgent to get people back on stage in any way possible. Um, whether that was having to record your audio beforehand or bring people in day by day to record something, but just to have an output um, mm -hmm. felt so urgent to people yeah. running these theater spaces. I think also because all of us, I think as like artists and in the theater community, it's we don't do it for money or anything. It's like, it's part of our soul and our life. It's like yeah. sitting around doing nothing creative is like, a slow and torturous death to most mm -hmm. of us. Like the idea of not putting something out. And also I think during that time for all of us that are artists and creatives, there was so much happening in the world that we were like, I wanna make a commentary on this. We should be letting, like, we are supposed to be holding the mirror up to society. We have to be helping. Like this Or just, I wanna sing and not think about any of this other <laughs> yeah, stuff. True. It's like, that, yeah. Yeah, there was just so much happening that it was like, it felt insane to be sitting home. So I think everyone had that like kind of burning desire to get back and keep that and also finding ways to keep that engine lit and that fire going during the time where it was shuttered and closed, um, which is why like all of those Zoom readings on 
like Zoom readings and Zoom musicals were so helpful to people to feed their soul again because they needed it. Um, yeah, when we did it, we just saw it as like a acting workout. As yeah, just, exactly. As just going through the motions to keep the muscles sharp. But it was definitely yeah. the highlight of my week. I was like, hey, oh, yeah. I'm going to be doing this. And then we had other things too that we would do on Zoom. Yeah, yeah. it's like, and also keeping that muscle like keeping those muscles intact during that time i will tell you coming back from covid everyone was like how do we sing and dance at the <laughs> yeah, same time? Yeah. did we do this before yeah it's like yes we did um but it's been it's been crazy i will say the biggest change from then until now is that i, I think when we first came back everyone was really um really scared but also very um i want to say like was really interested in making, like what I was talking about, making those social commentaries and making sure that everything, everything had a real purpose behind it. I think now we're in a place where everyone is, it was another year of kind of dragging of like 2021, 2022 mm -hmm. was still mm -hmm. like, we were still in this. I think now everyone just wants to laugh. The world wants to yeah. laugh right now. And that's what I've seen the most from- How can we make High School Musical a mirror to society? Mm. Correct. Like and, there was like every- And expose the truths of, of what it means to grow up in, in yeah. America. Basketball yes, there was, this, there was this like awesome. need for everything to be so important. <laughs> yeah. And I was yeah. like, and, and I was, and I totally understood that. And I was kind of right there with everyone. But now I'm like, we have- We've come back and everyone wants to laugh. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, nothing uh, profound. It's I think we're gonna see a big movement of like big splashy musicals again or slapstick mm -hmm. comedy because mm -hmm. audiences are ready to laugh. The world is just like so serious all the time. Yeah, escapism is back full force. Yeah, full force. Like, give me a satire, give me a farce, give me um, Hello Dolly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Bring yeah. it back. Bring back bring... Carol Channing. You know exactly. what? Bring back Carol Channing. Have her play all the roles too. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like when whenever anyone's bored, if you need to pick me up, go watch Cher do West Side Story and play all the roles. Oh my God, yeah. I like, there's this whole, I feel like it's, I mean, I don't know if I should call it a trend or a movement or something, but it's all, all these kind of like, not parody musicals, but like retooling of like, there's there's the there's the, the Titanic musical, which is oh, yeah. kind of like, Peter yeah. Pan goes wrong. Yeah, yeah, Peter Pan goes wrong. And like, and speaking of West Side Story, I just saw a advertisement for something that I really want to see that's coming to LA in a month called, it's like West Side Story Burlesque. Oh. What? Burlesque yeah, side story? I know. <laughs> a burlesque side story? Sign yes. me up. I know. It's <laughs> it's going to, apparently it's just going to be like sexy and raunchy with the sharks and the jets. <laughs> will Will Riff and, and um what's his name, just end up kissing at the, the end fuck, of their fight? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. I would love to see that production. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll let you know how it is because I'm yeah. not, I'm planning on going. Yeah, I but I agree. I think there's like a big. I mean, look at like Schmigadoon. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. Like that was great. Spoof musicals are kind of where it's at right now, and I'm here for it. It's like, what is that Forbidden Broadway? Mm -hmm. like, bring that yeah. Back. While we're at it, bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> and and Beach Blanket Babylon, they could come back too. Yeah, bring them back. People want to laugh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. Um, well, Randy, Zan told me about this that I'm interested in. Apparently, I, I've heard you have, you grew up uh, working in, in a restaurant. How do you think that experience of, of this all uh, affected your theater leadership skills? Oh, my gosh. Working in a restaurant is 
the greatest training for anyone. If you haven't ever worked in a restaurant, go work in a restaurant. Go get a job having to deal with the public mm. all day, every day when they're not happy. No one's happy when they like people come to a restaurant. There's two types of people. You're either really happy or you want to be served. Yeah. And those people are impossible to please. <laughs> so like you need to, I think everyone should work there. I think having to deal with all the different types of personalities is the greatest training I ever got for working in theater because we all have huge, big personalities. And there is ne- the, the greatest thing I learned was like, nothing's an actual emergency. Yeah, yeah. Like nothing is, and I, and I carry that with me through all of the shows that I do. I tell every single production team, there is no such thing as an arts emergency. No yeah. one is going to die today if chartreuse is different than lime green. Like th- no, no one's dying from that. That's a reality. It's like staying calm in situations because a restaurant is, you know, a kitchen gets backed up, the bar is behind, no one's happy, they've waited an hour for their food, and you have to walk up to them with like, without hanging your head and being like, I'm so sorry. You just have to be like, listen, can I get you a drink? Can I get you something else? Like, that's the way the world is right now, baby. So let's roll with it. Like, (laughs) just try and keep people happy. Um, And I think theater is the same way. I think really, um, you know, keeping calm is the main thing that everyone in life should be doing. Like trying to maintain some level of like ease and happiness while doing jobs. Um, And I think theater lends itself to getting to this heightened state of like emotion because that's what we're doing. Um, But at the same time, it's like keeping that and remembering that like, yeah, we're not gonna die from this. We're doing advanced play pretend. Like kids do this when they're four. Like we're just making yeah. it a professional thing. <laughs> like, yeah, let's you're, not. You're trying to keep people pleased, but trying to remember that yeah. we're also just enjoying ourselves. I yeah. definitely know there's some audience members that were really irate because they had to wear masks, and I'm sure oh. you had to deal with um, plenty of them. Yeah, um, that was yeah exactly. That was exactly when restaurant training came back in, where I was like, <laughs> all right, it's just like a you know you've cut someone off at the bar, and they're mad that you're not going to give them another drink. <laughs> How yep. do you deal with the situation? Um, yeah, people were again because there's it became such a political issue where Mm -hmm. it was like the science is like wear a mask like whether you want to or not like it has cut down on the transmission of spreading covid so Mm -hmm. and just like it's the policy please do it Yeah, it's like Like, it's the policy like you wouldn't go into a restaurant without shoes and a shirt on like that's their policy (laughs) can't go into a public place like you can't be barefoot in target so like put shoes on you don't complain about that Mm -hmm. we're just asking you wear a mask and um, people would be irate, like furious that like, I can't breathe in this. And I'm like, well, my husband's a doctor and has been wearing a mask in surgeries for about mm, 10 years now. And he still has all of his brain cells. He breathes fine. So I think you're going to be okay. <laughs> like people went insane. But for that was like such a small number. Most people were like, very great, very gracious, very happy to be back because mm-hmm. everyone missed theater. So a lot of our subscribers and patrons were like, I'll do anything to come watch a right. It's like whatever it takes, yeah. I don't care. Yeah, it was a small, small percentage of people, but there was always like one or two every show, which like, yeah. God bless our house manager, Kevin, and like our front of house <laughs> staff, because like they were so good about staying calm and making sure that these people who were, you know, a little irate about something so minute in the world to me, um, they were great about trying to keep them calm and happy. And, you know, they did great work with customer service. Mm-hmm. That's um, awesome. But also reminding them that like, you're not gonna please everyone. If we have to refund somebody, refund them. Like there's yeah. not, it's not worth getting into a fight with somebody if they're that 
crazy about a mask. Yeah. Give him the money back. Move forward. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into our theater world lightning round. Absolutely. I'm just going to yeah, ask you some quick fire, rapid fire questions about really your really opinions okay. on theater. All right. Okay. First of all, Randy, who is your favorite Broadway diva? Have to say, Idina Menzel. Mm. Oh, have to. Wow. I have to. I mean, she's the <laughs> of our hearts, you know. Yeah, it's like uh, just because that was the one that I fell in love with, and that was my like north star as a tween and child so she'll always <laughs> guiding be lights yep <laughs> and um what is your dream role uh oh god mm, uh the baker's wife and in into the woods <laughs> i love that very good I would cast you. Can you. you can channel your your inner SJB. If I, yeah, if anyone's in, interested, I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Well, here's another one. Is there a song, moment, or show that always makes you cry? Um, yeah, there's a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> e, let's think. In cabaret, uh, anytime we get to the end of the show, I will be a sobbing mess. Um, that last yeah. moment with the MC is always a heartbreaker for me. The last like half an hour of that show. Yeah, like I'll just sob from this moment she starts cabaret through to the end. Um, there you go. That one, yeah, cabaret always gets me pretty, pretty good. Um, honestly, Hamilton gets me <clears throat> if I ever watch it. There's Hamilton like seven gets, places in that show. There's like, yeah, it's like mostly when Eliza, like when she loses her son, I'm like, mm -hmm. good girl. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's crushing. Um, I love anything that's like a moment of breath. That'll always, that'll always make me sob. Um, yeah. <laughs> Dear Evan Hansen, when at the end, when the curtain comes up and there's just a blue wall at the back before anyone yeah. enters in those trees, sobbing. Don't need anyone to do anything. I just <laughs> ride at that. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, breath is something that will get me. Yeah. Quiet space. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, just a quiet moment. Just a moment. A moment in the woods. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Are we having an Into the Woods now? We're doing it right now? Yeah, Let's do pretty it. much. For the rest of the show. We're no. we doing Into the Woods. <laughs> so um, what is the single most greatest experience of theater you've ever had? It could be on stage. It could be off stage. Be no pressure. Just the greatest moment of your life. Yeah. The greatest moment of my entire theater career. Um, yes. Uh, the one that jumps to my head is when I was 19, I was doing a production of Rent um, mm. at a summer stock, which was really fun. It was a cast that I'm still very, very close with. Um, but our, our Roger was amazing and got sick in the middle of the, in the middle of One Song Glory. Um, he was like holding a big note and then it went quiet and we thought the speakers went out, but he um, ran off stage and passed out and threw up. And so they were like, we don't have an understudy. You're going <laughs> So then I went on and played Roger for a show without any rehearsal, which oh was really to a sold out audience, which was really wow. fun. And I still have, um, I have the audio of it. So if anyone wants it, I'll send it to you. <laughs> yeah, send I, it I'm, my way. I want to hear I'm it. still pretty surprised that at 19, I wasn't just like a puddle on the ground. Um, but that one was really fun. Because well, every 19 year old knows, knows every second of Rent. Yeah, exactly. Like I was like, this is fine. I'll go on. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, like we've heard stories of, you know, people going on the, uh, hearing on the day that they're going to be that that they're going to go on as the understudy that they've mm -hmm. already kind of prepared for yeah but it's a whole different thing to be in the middle of the show i mean i can't imagine as an audience member 
just seeing a new person as that character. Well, they were like, they came over the loudspeaker and they were like, <laughs> he's old. Um, we, like, we're having some, you know, there's uh, some difficulties. And then there was like a 15 minute pause in the show. And they're like, we're going to take it from the beginning of One Song Glory. <laughs> I was like, let's do it, people. But I just remember being like, Bones t-shirt and a leather jacket. And I was like, what's Nate wearing? Where is Nate? Like, <laughs> where is he? I'm in he his took clothes. The clothes off his back. Yeah, quite literally. I was like, this seems rude. Um, <laughs> also, he was sick and you were like, hang on a second. <laughs> yeah, I was like, is Nate okay? Um, but it was, yeah, it was a weird, it was a crazy experience. Um, and I like love that. That cast is still, we're all still very, very close. That show that summer was really amazing. But I also was kind of annoyed because I was supposed to open Rocky Horror that night. And I had just finished saying to the cast, I was like, I'll be marking vocally tonight because I'm playing with <laughs> at midnight. So yeah, I was like, right. I'm saving it for that. Um, and then ended up having to scream Roger. <laughs> yeah, that's what the other shows did you do that summer? What'd you say, Zan? Oh, uh, what other shows did you do that summer? That summer we did Rocky, Rent, All Shook Up, Air in Concert? No. Tommy in Concert. I think that was it. All at once? Yeah. Um, like all summer stock. Summer oh, stock. Summer stock. Yeah. Wow, that's insane. Um, yeah, it was a fun, it was a very rock summer. Very rock, like a lot of rock belting that summer. Yeah, you're really using those vocal cords. Yeah. Yeah. And then you and you went on for riff too. Yeah, the- I went on for riff. And then the next day I was like, <laughs> I have no voice. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so but in my study, you're young. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was 19. Yeah, I was like, took a day to recover, and then I was like, let's go out drinking again. Just kidding. Yeah, don't yeah, I yeah. drink? I was 19. Oh come on! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Randy, for coming on our podcast. Oh, thanks so yeah. much. Fun getting yeah. to know you and talk to you about uh, about the theater. Yeah, yeah, anything you want to plug? Um, yeah, we're, we've got Assassins coming up on Hillburn stage. It's going to be amazing. It opens the 26th and runs till the 12th of February. Then we got perfect arrangement and then producers. And then I'm leaving and moving to the East Coast. So come check out Hillbarn and say hi to me while you still can, everyone. Please do. Uh, Are you gonna say like so long, farewell as you yeah, leave? At the end of every show. That's what I come on. Oh, oh, you so long, dearie, to keep up the Carol Taylor. Oh, yes. <laughs> Should I bring Carol to say goodbye? I think so. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, catch me. Um come catch a Hillbarn show and say hi to me, everyone. Yeah, well, we've got all those links in the description and we'll be sure to uh, share it out. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks for having me, friends. Yeah. Well, of course. Being- and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at theaterworld underscore presents. presents. Right? We changed yeah, we our, changed. we changed our, um, our no longer doing readings. Yeah, we were theater world readings, but the, the readings have kind of dried up. I mean, I, I mean, Zoom theater was awesome, but nobody really wants to do zoom theater again for good reason and nothing beats live theater yeah i don't really want to do zoom theater anymore we know if it's not a necessity it's not necessary but it can definitely (laughs) be in my backyard we'll do a show yeah we'll do we'll do into the yard into the yard or (laughs) not to bring it back to cats we could always just meet in the parking lot behind hillburn and do alley cats yeah yeah yeah. right yeah (laughs) wonderful All right. Well, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next episode. Bye. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye friends. Thanks.